Grab your Bibles with me, if you will, today. Open them to the book of Exodus, the 23rd chapter. I'm going to continue in our series uh, that Bishop has started uh, on our word for this year. That word is grow. Grow. Uh, uh, Spent a lot of time praying and, and getting ready for this year, as we always do. And I, I called uh, Dad, and we, we were talking one day, and I had really, my whole life, I grew up, so let me just back up a little bit. I'm sorry. My whole life, I grew up, and every year at the beginning of the year, my dad would stand up before the church and give some powerful word that gave vision for the year, that gave uh, direction for the year. He did this all of my life. And so as I began to roll into uh, more of a leadership role and a, a preaching role and a lead pastor, campus pastor role, I felt like this was something I ought to be doing as well, just really hearing from God for the church and casting vision and uh, leading the people. And so uh, this, is, this is something I value. I think it's important. I think uh, hearing what God is saying and speaking over the lives of our people is one of the roles that as pastors we, we, we should be um, filling. But this year I was struggling. I was fighting and I was struggling and I would like to tell you that it was because I was fighting a hurricane and rebuilding and all this stuff. And yes, that was a factor, but the truth is I was just struggling. And every time I would pray, I would just hear a specific word and like, that was, that was it. And I'm like, God, I need more with it. I need, I need more. I need you to fill out the plan more. There's, this is not enough to go on, God. And I was just really struggling because every time I would pray, I kept hearing the same word. And every time I would pray for our staff, I kept hearing a, a word, and, but I didn't get any more. I was, I was fighting with this. I was battling. I, I was, you know, going in, getting ready for the new year. And, and I had been working on this since about October. And I was just getting ready for the new year and, and just feeling a lot of pressure. And not that anyone put it on me, but pressure that I put on myself just to really hear from God. And I kept getting just this one word, and I thought it was just me. And one day, Dad sent me a book. And he just sent a random text, and it reminded me it's a it's a it's something I've studied in the past, but I haven't I hadn't studied in a while, I hadn't read the, the book fully. I'd read some articles on it and listened to some people uh, TED talks on it and things. So I, I immediately, as soon as I saw the title of the book, the Holy Spirit said to me, "You're supposed to read this book because I've been speaking to you all along." And the book is simply called One Word. I don't know if Bishop talked to you about it or not, but the book is called One Word, the, the Power of One Word in Your Life. I didn't even have to read the book. I didn't, I didn't have to read the book. I literally already knew as soon as I saw the title, okay, Lord, you've been speaking to me all along. I've been pressing you for more, and you've been trying to give me the whole plan, and you'll handle the rest as we go. And I was like, okay, so that, I immediately downloaded the book, and I listened to, listened to it on my drive home. Uh, sat in my driveway to finish the last 15 or 20 minutes of it. And next thing you know, the, the whole year un, just began to unfold. But I got this revelation that I have known and I've studied and I've talked about, but I'd completely forgotten it in, in life and in busyness. But in that moment, I knew that God was giving us one word. And so I began to share it with our staff. I began to share it with our, our church. Of course, Bishop has talked to you about our one word for, for triumph this year is grow. 
Uh, and that was the word that God just kept dropping in my spirit just the whole time. Just, just, he just kept saying, grow, grow, grow. And I, I was, um, I'm like, Lord, I'm trying. <laughs> and then he began to talk to me about my life. And I realized that in my life, I had been hearing the word as well, or had been hearing, but, but wasn't putting it all together. So as I studied this process, I challenged my team to really, uh, my, my staff to really begin to pray about their words. And so over the holidays, I told them when we come back, we're going, we're going to go through the one word process together, but when you come back, we're all going to share our word with the team. So we come in, I've got six interns and uh, cleaning staff and music pastors and youth pastors and co- campus pastors and accountants and secretaries. All of us are in the room. And I share my word. Um, I actually thought my word was going to be one thing, and then God switched it on me, and he gave me my word. And so I shared that with him. I'll give you my word here in just a second. And then they started going around the room. And I thought I might share with you a couple of their words. Uh, I, I've already gotten their permission. And I'll tell you why here in just a few minutes. Right off the bat, I said, who wants to go first? And my maintenance guy raises his hand. Now, my maintenance guy is a, he's a maintenance guy. All right. I mean, you know, I mean, when you look at him, you go, yeah, that dude does maintenance right there. I mean, you know, so, you know, he, he cleans and he's maintenance. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's not the pastor on the team, doesn't claim to be. He's a great guy, but you know, he, he, he's the, he's a, a racquetball player and a maintenance guy. And he raises his hand and said, pastor, I want to go first. And I'm like, okay, go for it. And, and, uh, and he said, I, I've got to get this out of the way. I'm like, well, okay. And he said, you know, I had no idea when you were talking what my word would possibly be. Couldn't even, couldn't even understand it. So I decided over the holidays, I said, okay, I've got to get my word. So I sat down and started going through the one word process that you talked to us about. And I got along with God and I got quiet. And something in me said, I need to write down my priorities. So he said, Pastor Randall, I just started writing down my priorities. And when I got done with my list, suddenly I looked at the, my own list that I had just written and I started crying because I realized that my priorities were all out of whack. He said, but my word, Pastor Randall, is not priorities. It's priority being singular. And it's this, I have not put God first in every area of my life. So my word this year is to make God my priority in every area of my life. My whole staff was crying. He's crying. My wife is like snotting. And, and, uh. We start going around the room. Single mom works for us, and she's needing to make some decisions in her life. And, you know, when you're a single mom and you're in a good place, a safe place, it may not be where you're supposed to go, but it's safe and it's secure. It is really hard to take a leap of faith. It's really hard to take a risk. And so uh, this, this young girl, man, she just, she's an amazing employee, but God, God has some things on her life that he needs her to do, and we've been talking about it a long time. She said, Pastor Ren, and I'm looking at my life, and, I'm, and I know what I need to do, but I'm worried, and I'm, and I'm scared. I, I've got a daughter to think about. I've, you know, I'm the only one. And, and she said, God really spoke to me, and she said, my word for this year, fearless. Fearless. We continue going around the room. Uh, my youth pastor at my Beaumont campus. So, Pastor Randon, you know, um, I'm pretty good at the things I do. I, I feel pretty confident in my job and my abilities. He, he said, but Pastor Randon, what I realized was over the holidays, as I was praying, is that I don't always 
give my best. And God just told me, your word for this year is best. Because these students deserve my best every single day. The people of God deserve my best every day. He just, we just, he just got married yesterday. And he said, my new wife deserves my best every single day. And so my word for this year is best. Another one of our, um, one of our um, secretarial team, she's, uh, and I, she's one of my favorite people to work with because her brain functions very similar to mine. She's extremely analytical. She sees problems before they come. Um, and so she analyzes, she knows if a plan's going to work or not work. She said, Pastor Ryan, the problem is, and, and I get this, is that when you're built that way and you can see the problems very quickly, you get labeled as being negative. And if you're not careful, if she, she said, if I'm not careful, she said, not only do I get labeled that way, but I really am negative. And everything that comes along, I'm negative. All the reasons why it might not work rather than thinking of ways to make it work. And she said, so my word this year is optimism. Yeah. Optimism. This has happened, I mean, just story after story after story like this. Um, yesterday, so I don't know if, you've, if you guys have a word for this year yet, but I'm, I just want to encourage you in this uh, to get your word for the year and also help your kids with it. I started talking to my kids, and immediately, as soon as a, my daughter told me her word, immediately, and it was the right word for her, my son immediately said his word. His word is focus. It's the right word. Of course, immediately after that, he was distracted again, but <laughs> it was the right word. <laughs> So Kennedy's been talking about her word, and it's something, it's vocabulary that we use so openly in our family now for the last month and a half or so, and, and, and with our team, that, you know, she's talking to this with everybody she talks to. She goes, she plays sports, as you know, and she's, and so she's playing softball in a World Series, I was in this weekend, and, and so I go and I'm coaching, it's the first game. We are literally starting the first game, and one of the girls on the team 13 years old, is standing next to Kennedy and says, Coach Randon, Kennedy says that she has one word for this whole year. I said, that's right. And she said, that's really cool. I said, yes, it is. I said, what's your word? She said, persevere. No, it gets funny. I said, persevere. That's a great word. She goes, wait, I don't know if that's my word. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> True story. But you know what I believe? I, I, I truly believe that God dropped that into her spirit. She doesn't even know she just heard from God. She spoke a word that she doesn't even know what it means. And I said, I said, Maddie, you need to go read the definition. You need to understand what it means. And I'm telling you, it's going to apply to your life. And God's going to help you with it this year. Persevere. She has no idea what persevere means. I don't want that to be my word. <laughs> no, that's your word now. <laughs> you, that's your word and you're sticking to it. Why do I tell you these stories? Because it is so easy to sit in the pews and listen to the pastor talk about hearing from God and think that's just for the pastor. But it isn't just for the pastor. It isn't just for the leaders. It isn't just for the worship team. It isn't just for the elders. It, that's not, it's not all about the, this. God wants to speak to every one of you, including your kids. I didn't tell my kids what their word was. God told my kids what their word was. Now, I agreed with it very quickly. The Lord's very smart. 
But God spoke to them, and He'll speak to your kids if you'll help them. And and if you'll listen in your own life, God will speak to you, and He'll give you a word that can give direction to your entire life. I just want to encourage you. It doesn't matter if you're a 13-year-old girl at the ballpark or the Bishop of Triumph Church. It doesn't matter if you're the maintenance man or the accountant or the secretary or the youth pastor or the lead pastor. It doesn't matter. God wants to speak to you. If you don't have your word yet, don't give up. Work the process. Work the process, and God will speak to you. Do you want to hear about my word? Okay. So I thought my word was going to be one thing, and, it, and at the last minute, um, over the, not really at the last minute, but over the, I woke up one morning, and I was just being really still and quiet, and I was just listening, and, um, and immediately God spoke to me and said, Randon, your word for this year is vision. Vision. This is an interesting word for me because by nature, I'm actually a visionary. I love, I, I love to dream. I, love, I get excited about uh, future opportunities, potential opportunities. I, I love to envision the future. I, I, my wife laughs at me because when we go to the movies, I cannot stand to be late for the previews. I can't take it. And so one day we're, so Lindsay and I, uh, for oftentimes on Mondays, that's our day off. And so we take time during the day, just spend time together. One of the things we do is go to the movies. You've probably heard me talk about that before. And so one day we're on a date and I am frustrated and I am upset. And she's like, why are you so upset? Every time we go to the movies lately, you are upset. And I said, it's because we keep missing, missing the previews. She's like, Randon, the previews don't matter. I'm like, yes, they do. She says, why? I said, I need to see what's coming. I got to know if I'm going to like it. I got to make plans if I want to be there. I got to schedule my life around Star Wars hitting. I mean, listen, I'm a visionary and I like to see into the future and that gives me a glimpse. So now she knows if we're going on a date, she just makes plans. We're going to be there earlier. We're not going to the movies. Anybody else like the previews? You're a visionary and you didn't know it. So so when God says to me, um, vision, it's a very interesting word. But it also totally hit where I, where I have been uh, with, the, with the struggles that we faced in, in the last um, six months or so of, of our lives and, and still facing daily. Um, I've gotten, if I'm not careful, I can get busy surviving. I can get busy. Uh, the other side of me is I, I like emergencies. I respond well. The adrenaline of emergency um, is part of... Uh, Part of what God put in me, what, what allows me to lead in times like in the middle of a hurricane is because this adrenaline hits me. My mind becomes very clear. Uh, I can see very clearly. But it, it, what happens is over the last six months, you just live day to day to day. Whatever problem, what are you going to do today? I don't know, whatever comes up. My wife says, what are you going to do? I don't know, just whatever comes up. Well, make no mistake about it. There's no shortage of, emergen- shortage of emergencies when you pastor churches. It just, it's, it's every day. But I had stopped living according to vision, and I'd start just living as life threw at me. This is not how we are meant to live. And so vision was the word, and I, I need a vision for every area of my life. I need to really be able to see the picture so I know where we're going. Um, and then really, I, I just started, I continued praying, and I said, God, I need a, I need a, a scripture. 
to go along with this, to really anchor me. And of course, you know, easy Habakkuk 2 and 2 for Bible scholars in the the room, uh, write the vision on tablets and make it plain that he may run who reads it. Yes, God. But then God led me to another scripture. I don't know if you, do you have my Isaiah scripture ready? I'm sorry. I'm all over my notes here, guys. Uh, There we go. Here's what God says. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. As I'm sitting here thinking about what we've been through and, and even the miracles that God did in the last year, God's saying, forget all that. It's Holy Jesus. <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Ghost, whoever's on duty, I need you right now. <laughs> anybody else heart racing right now? (laughs) Goodness gracious. (laughs) I'm going to have to read that first scripture again. I'm totally lost. Let's start again. But forget all that. Forget the battles you've been through. Forget the miracles that you've seen. Forget the unbelievable uh, stuff that's happened in the last last six months. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. I'm immediately, I'm like, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Uh, Then he goes on, for I am about to do something new. I love this word right here, see. See is a vision word. See, I have already begun. I'm like, good Lord, Jesus, you've already started it? And he said, do you not see it? No. But I'm looking now. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will cre- create rivers in the dry wasteland. And I'm like, wait a minute, God. Part of my role is to see. I'm a, I'm a visionary. That's my job. I got to see. And, and I haven't been seeing. So, Lord, I'm looking now. And God's like, look, there was, a, there was a wilderness that you couldn't get through. It was so thick and you couldn't get through. But look again because you're going to be able to see the pathway through and lead others through. Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. Then there's a dry wasteland, Randon. There's, there's no life source. But you're going to look back and there's going to be rivers that I've created, and you're going to lead people to the source of life. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Then I'm driving down the road, and I'm listening to a new album that somebody sent me from Tasha Cobbs, and she starts out, I'm getting ready to see something I've never seen. I said, oh my, i got to pull over right now. Thank you, Jesus. And I had myself a little Holy Ghost party right there in the car, singing like I'm Tasha. Do y'all know who Tasha Cobbs is? Not enough of y'all know who Tasha Cobbs is. You need a little more Jesus in your life. I'm just telling you. And, 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 and I'm just like, I'm just, I'm, I'm doing runs and everything. I'm running into walls, but I'm running. And, and man, I mean, I was, I was having this moment with Jesus. Why? Because suddenly I began to see how God was fitting these pieces together in my life. God wants to do the same thing for you. He has big plans for you. The word for our church this year is grow. I've no doubt about it. I don't question it. I've been hearing it for months, and now I am 100% convinced that this is the word for Triumph Church. This is the word for your life. I want to share with you um, from the book of Exodus chapter 23. Um, I don't know if Bishop is preaching on this next week, um, if on the topic of grow, but whether he is or not, I believe this is going to bring some completion to you, and it's going to be a challenge for you today. So I'm going to encourage you, but I'm also going to challenge you. Here it is. C. When I read this, it got my attention, right? The moment I, I, I read this word, C, I said, okay, God, you're speaking already. C. 
I am sending an angel before you to protect you on your journey and lead you safely to the place that I have prepared for you. What God is speaking of right here is that He was leading the children of Israel into what's referred to as the promised land. Now, for the Israelites, the promised land refers to a specific geographical region. But in Scripture, it also is symbolic of the promises that God has for you. The life He wants you to live, the place He wants you to be, the people He wants you to be with, the things He wants you to do, the the dreams He wants you to accomplish. He has this thing, it is your promised land. Don't, don't narrow it all the way down necessarily, though, though for me and my life, I am, my wife and I are desperately looking for a house. We're trying to move. We're trying to move back to Beaumont. We can't find a house. We're just really struggling. But, and so we are, we are literally looking for a geographical, geographical location that is a promised land. And, but here's what I want you to know today. You are God's masterpiece. This is what it tells us in the New Testament. You are God's masterpiece. He didn't mess up when he made you. He didn't leave some things out. He didn't forget about stuff. He made you perfectly. uh, And he created your end from the beginning. So he prepared a place for you and then made you to fit it perfectly. So it's very important that I don't just look for a land, but I look for the promised land, because if I want to fulfill everything that God has on my life, every dream that He's placed in my heart, then I've got to be in His promised land, not just a good land. So I'm saying, God, where do you want to take me? That's why I've got to get in and in, in, in this one word process. It's hearing from God. Where do you want me to go? Because you've already prepared a place. I don't know if you're looking at your life and if you look in your history and it's full of broken dreams and disappointments, but can I tell you today, can I encourage you from the scripture today that God has a place and it's already prepared. It's already prepared. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to look at the person sitting next to you. I want you to look them right in the eyes. I want you to make them really awkward. I want you to say, God has a place for me, and this is my year. Amen. Father, I thank you for your presence that we felt today. Lord, I believe that something is stirring in the atmosphere, even as I preach now. God, I I feel a prophetic nature today. Lord, I feel like something beyond my pastoral gift and my teaching gift has been tapped into. Lord, I believe you want to speak to your people today. So release your word. Release your word. Do something great today. Open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to hear from you and to be challenged by the power of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So here's what I want to do really quickly. I want to give you, because God goes on to give the people instructions, instructions for getting to the place that God prepared you. You know, we all have maps on our phone or Google Maps or whatever you might have. If you've got an Android, I don't know what you have, but I'm sure you have something, um, a link where you can buy an actual road map or something like that, I'm sure. (laughs) 
You can know where you're going, but if you don't know how to get there, you'll never make it. And so we utilize Siri to tell us how to get to places. We've got to have a roadmap. God said, I'm going to take you there, but there's also a roadmap. There's some instructions that you need to do along the way. I'm going to take care of things. I'm sending an angel before you. We're taking care of this, but you have some things to do too. You see, it's important to realize that in our walk with God, there are times when it seems like God snaps his finger and does extraordinary things. But that is not always the pattern of God. He can do it. He will do it. But oftentimes, he does his part and expects you to do your part. Exodus chapter 23, verse 21. Pay close attention to him and obey his instructions. Do not rebel against him, for he is my representative, and he will not forgive your rebellion. The first thing that we have to do is pay close attention. We can get so busy running life and all of our excitement and get our attention off of God. If he's leading us, if the angel's leading us, we need to be paying attention to where the angel is going. If the, if the Holy Spirit is our guide, we ought to be following our guide. I love to, to deer hunt. You, you may have heard Bishop talk about it or, or myself. One of my great joys is to go deer hunting with my dad and uh, my son, my, my nephews, my brother-in-law, and our, our friends. When we, we go deer hunting. We have a great time. And uh, one of the things that I, I always try to teach my son how to do is to navigate in the woods. But when you're going through the woods in the dark... Uh, he has to pay close attention to where I'm going. For one thing, where we hunt in, in central Texas, uh, west Texas, everything you touch has stickers on it. Every tree is sharp. There's cactus uh, everywhere. And so I say, Randy, you're going to stay directly behind me. You're going to walk right in step with where I go. Pay close attention. Don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. Walk directly behind me. Well, if you're a deer hunter, you know, you get up early in the morning, it's before daylight, everything is dark, so you're easing in really quietly. I mean, I'm easing in really quietly. He's walking through with them cloud hoppers of his, making, running off every deer in the county, but <laughs> you're easing through, and I'm picking my way through the woods, and suddenly you hear this blood-curdling scream. What is going on? He wasn't paying attention to me. You, you remember his word was focus, right? <laughs> he wasn't paying attention to me, but he got caught up looking over here and he veered off path and walked right into a cactus. So here he is, Dad, get the pliers. I walked into a cactus again. <laughs> Clearly this is a continual issue. Why, what happened? He wasn't paying attention. On one of our trips... Uh, Thanksgiving, uh, we went up right before Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving week. And so Monday morning, dad and I, we get up and we drive up there. So I've got my son and my two nephews. They're all 10, uh, 10, 10 and nine. And so we get there, we get unloaded, been driving all day and we get there. I'm just, we're about to go deer hunt, but man, we just walked in. I just need to sit down for a second, let my mind relax. And then I'm going to get these boys loaded up. We're going to go deer hunting. And so all of a sudden, one of my nephews flings open the door to the cabin and says, Uncle Randon, my brother ran into your truck with a four-wheeler. I said, no, he didn't. <laughs> oh, yes, he did. No, 
he didn't. Uh, Uncle Randon, he really did. So I walk outside, and I don't even get around the corner of the, tr- the, the, the truck till the excuse to start coming. Yep, sure enough, he is still in the side of my truck. I'd like to tell you I wasn't angry, that I, that I took this on the chin and didn't, didn't react at all. That would be a lie. Uh, <laughs> but after just a, a, about 30 seconds, the Lord reminded me of when I drove my uncle's three-wheeler off in the canal. <laughs> and so I took a deep breath and said, I'm sorry, Lord. And I said, okay, I just need to know what happened. And here was basically the story. He was coming around the corner. He saw my son on the other fall wheeler, and he was, or he was over here, and he was started looking to his left while driving this way, <laughs> which obviously means he's going to steer this way, and he just ran right into my truck. Why? He wasn't paying attention to what he was supposed to be paying attention to. If we're not careful, we can be we can, we can start off our year paying close attention to what God is saying, what God is doing. But life has a way of distracting us, pulling us away. The phone buzzing, the kids screaming, work calling, health issues, whatever it is. And we look up and we're no longer paying attention. And then we end up crashed into the side of your uncle's favorite new truck. And we can blame the whole world, but the truth is, we just weren't paying attention. Pay close attention. Pay close attention. Uh, and we've got to pay a close uh, attention to God. The second part is this in verse 21. He goes on and he says, and fully obey him. Uh, verse 21. He says, pay close attention to him and obey his instructions. One version says, fully obey him. The second thing we have to do is fully obey God. Fully obey him. Um, it, it is vital that we don't just follow God, but we obey God. We do everything that he says. Let me show you this right here. Notice that he says, for he is my representative. This, this, doesn't, um, this, is, this is not a main point of my sermon today, but there's something interesting for you to know. If you read in the English Standard Version, he says, the, the actual translation says, for my name is in him. All right? So he's talking about the angel here. My name is in him. What we recognize is when you look at the names of the angels, God often puts his name in them. I'll give you two. We'll put them on the screen. Most recognizable angels that you've probably heard of in the Bible. I don't know if y'all have that slide or not. But here's the one. The first one is the angel Gabriel. This was the angel that announced to Mary that, that she was going to have a child. The second one is Michael. But notice right here, and I have it uh, 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 italicized and spread out for you so you can see it. At the end of both of their names is the, these two, le- two letters, L. That literally is one of the first names of God that we read in Scripture. Is The name of God is El or Elohim. So here's what God said. I'm sending my angel, but I'm putting my name in him. So you make sure when my name is in him, he's carrying my authority and my nature in him. So, so, so here we see uh, in, in Scripture, we see angels with the name of God in them. 
But in Exodus 23, something interesting. No, you see the same thing in Mike L or Michael, Mike L being the name of God. Interesting to note, in Exodus 23, we don't get the name of the angel, but we do learn that God's name is in him. So as if you study the scripture and you go read commentaries and people a whole lot smarter than me, they, they tell us that there's a lot of back and forth kind of who it is, but the consensus is that it's uh, the name of this name right here, if you'll put this next name up for me. Uh, the name is Yahshua. Yahshua. Now again, this is the name of God. Why is this very important? Because in this scripture, we see more authority, more power, more decision-making um, authority than we do with any other angel in any place in scripture. It's, it's like a next level angel, but we don't get the name. So we believe that this was the name of the angel, Yahshua. Now, where is the name of God? It is in the Yah, or where we get the name Yahweh or Yahovah, right? And so what we see here is an angel who went before, prepared the way, created, uh, uh, drove out the enemy, defeated the enemy so the people could live the life that God had promised them to live. The name of Yahshua, this is the Hebrew, the actual name translates to the name Jesus. Commentaries believe that this angel was not just any name, but this, is, this was Jesus making an appearance in the Old Testament. One of the ways we know it is because what did Jesus do when he came? He came, he defeated the enemy, he took back the keys of hell, death, and the grave stomped on the devil's neck and created a, a, a way that we can have life and life more abundantly in him. And so historians say, look, right here, even in the Old Testament, Jesus was still doing what he promised he would fulfill in the future. And he promises he'll do in your life. That's a freebie. Fully obey him. Fully obey him. Fully obey him. Um, if you do, verse 22, uh, Exodus 23 and 22 says this. If you'll fully obey God, you're following all my instructions, I will be an enemy to your enemies, and I will oppose those who oppose you. You want to know how you get God on your side? You start obeying what He tells you to do. And you'll look up, and God will be fighting for you. God will be fighting. He'll, he'll be looking up at your enemies and saying, you've got to go. They didn't have to fight all kinds of battles because God was fighting them for him. God, God was opposing the enemy for them, and he'll do the same for you. Verse 23, number one was what? Pay close attention. We're clearly not doing that yet. Number two. Fully obey him. Here we go. In verse, uh, verse uh, what are we on now? Verse 23. Verse 23. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, and Jebusites, so that you may live there, and I will destroy them completely. We'll come back to that verse in just one second. Verse, um, oh, I know what I was going to tell you here. Uh, I want you to notice something. Here, here's what we see. Two things in this verse. First of all, the angel doesn't go last, and the angel doesn't even go with them. The angel goes before them. The angel goes before them. The third thing we have to do is we have to let God lead. 
You see, what happens if, if I'm not careful, I get so excited about what God tells me to do that I run out ahead of God before He's ready. This is not because I, because I'm, I'm paying close attention to Him and I'm fully, obey, fully obeying Him and I'm pumped up and I'm ready to go. It's my enthusiasm to do the will of God that I get out of the timing of God. Oh, my Jesus, hallelujah. Whatever tricks y'all are playing on me back there, you're not going to give me a third time. <laughs> we have to let God lead. I have a young man that plays baseball for me. He's 10, 9, excuse me. He, he, just a fabulous little kid. And, and this little kid loves to go. He loves to be the leader on the team. And so we all come together, and I've got 10, 9 and 10-year-old little boys, and, and I'm, I'm going to give them instructions on what we're going to do next. But this young guy, as soon as I get the first half sentence out of my mouth, he takes off running. And I'm like, where are you going? And the whole team is like looking at him, like, what are you doing? This happens like every practice. And he's like, oh, I'm going to do what you said. I'm like, dude, you didn't even let me finish. What happened? He got out in front of me, and things weren't quite ready yet. It's not because he's a bad kid. It's not because he's being rebellious. It's his enthusiasm to please me and be a leader on his team and help everybody. But he ends up out of timing. We have in our Beaumont and Needleton campuses both, we have in our cafe these, these uh, glass rooms. So they have glass wall and the, the, there's sliding doors that open up so you go in and out that are glass. And so we often have meetings in these and, our, and our, our, both of our campuses are fully aware of, of the danger of them uh, because they're, they're totally clear and they're shined up and they're, very, they're beautiful. So we're in a meeting and uh, I was casting some vision and one of our pastors got so excited, so pumped up. He was ready to go. They hadn't opened the door yet. And he turns and takes off. I mean, nearly on a dead sprint. I, I mean, I must have done a really good job that day because he was ready to go. And he runs face first into the glass. Boom. And he like falls out on the ground. And I'm telling you, it, it was, if you hadn't seen it happen, you had known exactly who face planted into it because he left a, 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 an imprint of his face on the glass. It looked like the, the, the shroud of Turin like, 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 that was over the face of Jesus, they think, you know, and you could see the imprint. Like, I'm telling you, you could, you could see the, the, the cells in his forehead and he smashed it so hard. And he's laying out on the ground and I would like to tell you again that I didn't laugh, but... This happens on a fairly regular basis that someone runs into these doors. We had to put stuff all over them to try to help people see it. It still doesn't work. I mean, they run into it on, a, on the regular. But here was the point. The guy got so excited, it was the doorway, but the door wasn't open yet. And thus he ran right into it. If we're not careful, we will run right into things that we can't see because we're not following the God who can see. If you're at one of our campuses, the rule is this. If you see someone run into the wall, into the door, you check on them first, then you laugh. <laughs> if it happens to be you, be aware. We're going to check on you first, and then we are going to laugh. And, but in life, this can happen so quickly if we're not letting God lead. 
we'll run into things that we couldn't see. You hear, see, here's the truth. If we don't let God lead, we'll end up fighting battles we were never meant to fight. I, I'm trying to drive out the enemy. But you're jumping in before time, so now you've got to fight the enemy. And here's the problem with fightings you weren't meant, fighting battles you weren't meant to fight. You'll probably still win them because you're an overcomer, but it comes at a cost that you were never meant to have to pay. I need to pick up the pace. I'm running out of time. Y'all, y'all got me talking about running into walls. See, you, you can be doing the right thing, but at the wrong time and still end up in a problem. Verse 24, verse 24, you must not worship the gods of these nations or serve them in any way or imitate their evil practices. Instead, you must utterly destroy them and smash their sacred pillars. Now, God is going to give the Israelites a very important principle. And, you know, unfortunately, they don't listen to him in this aspect. And it ends up costing them time and time again. God said, not only do I want you to not worship their gods, I need you to completely destroy their idols, their temples, everything. You have to completely destroy it. The fourth thing is this, that we must completely or eliminate all idols in our life. We have to eliminate all idols because here's the principle that God knows. Any idol that you let hang around, you'll end up worshiping. Any idol that you let hang around in your, in your nation, in your promised land, uh, Israel, you're going to end up worshiping. And time and time again, why did Elijah have to defeat the prophets of Baal? He had to defeat them because the Israelites had started worshiping other gods and worshiping other idols. So God said, eliminate them, get them out of your life, and you won't have this problem. But if you leave them, you're going to end up worshiping them in time and time and time again. That's exactly what happened. Eliminate all idols. Eliminate all idols. You see, here's, here's the problem. In, in, in verse 23, here's what he told us, the second thing of that verse, is that there are already people living in your land. There are people living there. There are enemies living there. There are Hivites and Hittites and Perizzites and Jebusites and Canaanites and all kind of ites. They're all living there. And God says, I, I, I need you to not rush because I'm driving them out, but they're already there. So I'm saying, God, I need you to get the enemies out of my, uh, out of my house. Lindsay and I are praying for, uh, for a new house. And I'm just speaking to whoever's living in my house right now. Pack your stuff. I know you love your house, but you've got to go. That's my house. You may not know it yet, but you've got to go. I don't mean to be ugly, and I don't mean to be rude or mean, but you've got to get out of my house. Take all your stuff. Take your slippers. Take your clothes. Take your bed. I don't want it. I don't want it. I got my own stuff. I'm moving in. There's your promise. You may not can see it because you don't recognize it because someone's already there. Or maybe you do. Maybe the, the job you're wanting, someone already has. Maybe the opportunity you've been seeking, already, someone's already capitalized on. Right? Maybe the, 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 the husband you want, somebody's already dating. No, no, that's not true. <laughs> okay. Some of you were like, hey, man. Others were like, uh, uh, uh. 
I warned y'all when I got started. I warned you. <laughs> For those that have been here a while, you know what's going down when I come. Just, uh, if I don't embarrass my mama one good time, it's, it's not been a good day. There are enemies living in your promise already. But what you don't know that God knows is this is a good thing. We've been looking at this as a bad thing, and God has been saying, this is a good thing, and I'm about to give you the reason why. Are you ready? Verse 29 and 30. But I will not drive them out in a single year, because the land would become desolate, and the wild animals would multiply and threaten you. I will drive them out a little at a time until your population has increased enough to take possession of the land. Here's what God is saying. I have a promised land ready for you, but you don't have it because you're not ready for it. You have to grow into it. I've been looking at things and saying, God, you know, why are they there? Why am I not there? And finally, God just stopped me in my tracks when I read this verse of Scripture. And He said, Randon, you haven't grown enough yet. If I gave it all to you in one year, you would end up, wild animals would take over, the land would become desolate. And he said, Ren, and I had already promised the people that I would give them houses they didn't build and farms that they didn't plant. How can I do that if it's already desolate because you can't handle it? So I'm going to be a good steward and I'm going to help you. I'm going to only give you enough that you can handle. And then when you increase or when you grow more, I'll give you more. We don't, we're not where we want to be, and it isn't because God is mad at us, or it isn't because God doesn't have a plan for us. We're not where we want to be because we haven't grown into it yet. The word for 2018 for Triumph Church for our families is grow. We have to grow. But can I leave you one bit of good news? This is it. If you'll grow, God's going to drive out your enemies. He said, he said this. I don't even know what verse I'm in. 29. I'm going to go back to verse 7. Jump back up to verse 7. He said, I will send my terror ahead of you and create panic among all the people whose lands you invade. I will make all your enemies turn and run. I will send terror ahead of you to drive them out. Watch what he says here. This word, the second time, he, first time he says terror. The second time, there's actually a different word here. The New Living put terror in, but there's a star beside it. It actually translates as hornets. Hornets. We were helping a pastor. This is a true story. And uh, as soon as I'm done with this story, we're, we're going we're gonna to close. Uh, this is a totally true story. I'm, I'm going to try not to exaggerate too much. Give me a little space, okay? But it is true, uh, and I can give you my sources who are also there. So we go to bring some drying equipment to a pastor's home, and we're going to help dry out his house. So me and uh, my, one of my youth pastors, Pastor Albert, who you just saw on the screen, and one of my interns, Jaden, we go and we drop off this equipment, and as we set it up, we trip the breakers in the house. So we go out, and Pastor Albert and I are going around the sides of the house, one on each side, to the back of the house, and looking for the breaker box. Because the, the lady, the, the mom, of the, pa the pastor wasn't there, the mom was there, she didn't know the breaker box, was, so we're looking for it. And as I come to the back corner of the house, and I, and I turn around the back, suddenly this massive, angry, huge German shepherd Okay, uh, he was big. 
name is Bruce Willis. <laughs> Bruce Willis is not happy that I'm in the yard. And as I come around the corner, he sees me and takes off from me. Her teeth gnarling. And he just, and, and I turn and run. I scream like a girl. I'm not even good. Ah! And I turn running. Now, Pastor Albert was coming around the other side of the house. He saw the whole thing happen. I turn and run, and I'm looking back, and I'm just like, oh. And this dog leaps up at me. And he gets about this far from my back when the chain hit. I stopped running about over there by that wall. And I come easing back up the driveway, and Bruce Willis is mad. His job is to protect, and, uh, and he is angry, and, and he is not pleased. And he is, I mean, as I come close, he is just leaping at me. And every time, he's hitting the chain. But we see, I can barely get around the corner of the house, so there's the breaker box. I can see it. So I want you to track this with me now. Bruce Willis is mad. And, the, and there's a lady in the backyard, and she's like, oh, he's harmless. He's not going to hurt you. <laughs> Bruce, calm down. Bruce ain't calming down. So there's the corner of the house. There's Bruce Willis coming at me. There's this massive... Um, uh, a thorn bush that was just huge. It was like I was like eight foot tall. It was overgrown, and there's this little bitty gap that I can slip through to get to the breaker box. So I turn down the corner of the wall, and uh, I'm going to do it this way. So you're the wall in front of me, and I I ease down the wall. This is exactly what I did. I didn't want to go any further because by now Bruce is jumping and he's about eight inches from my back. And he is not letting off. And the lady's just sitting there. I don't know who the lady was, but she was just sitting there smoking a cigarette like all was cool. I'm like, all is not cool right now. Like, I'm about to need one of those. And so, <laughs> I got her good on that one. You'll see that. I got her good. <laughs> Are y'all okay? Can I finish the story? All right. So Bruce Willis is jumping behind me. I mean, he is leaping, he's barking, he's growling. There's this massive bush to my right. I can't, I can't get away to my right very quickly. And there's a porch to my left. So I, I can't go, and a wall in front of me, I can't go anywhere. I open the breaker box and hundreds of red wasps come swarming out. What's your instinct to do when red wasps come running? Come in? Run, I can't run. I'm just standing there going, ha, 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 ha. They are dive bombing me from every side. Albert is laughing at me. Bruce Willis is behind me barking like crazy. The lady's just standing there. Ha, 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 ha. So finally, I'm like, I'm not staying. Y'all can have it. You can have the equipment. You can have the wasp. You can have it all. I don't care if it works. I don't care if it doesn't work. And I started doing my thing to get back out of there. It's a true story. Those wasps were all I could take. I was exiting the situation. I'm not staying around with red wasps dive bombing me on every side. The dog I can deal with, the house I can deal with, the thorn bush I can deal with, I couldn't deal with the red wasps. Here's what I want you to know. What we see in this scripture, God said, I'm going to send terror. I'm going to send panic. I'm going to send uh, hornets after them. What is he saying? I'm going to use everything at my disposal, both the supernatural and the natural, to drive the enemies out of your land. Every promise I have for you, everything I 
I've spoken over you, everything I've said I'm going to do for you, if you'll do your part, I'm going to drive them out. If you'll grow this year, you're going to suddenly see some parts of your promises that have been evacuated, opportunities that have been opened, doors that have been opened. Suddenly things are changing. Where there was a bunch of no's, suddenly the person over you, you thought they were going to be there forever, got moved. I don't want to wish bad on them. I'm just telling you, if that's the place God's called you to be, they've got to go. As we grow, we're growing into it, and God will do whatever He has to do to get you to the promise that He's spoken over your life. God has a place prepared for you. All you have to do is grow into it. You do your part. You say, God, I'm going to pay attention to you. I'm going to fully obey you. I'm going to let you lead, and I'm going to get rid of all of the idols in my life. And so you just tell the folks that are in my promise, I'm coming. Keep, keep the air conditioner running. I'm on my way speaking over your life right now and, 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 I, and I want to just speak this prophetically doors are going to open doors are opening in the next 30 days for some of you doors are opening in the next 30 days as you focus on growing and, and doing your part doors are opening things that, th things that have been closed for years 10, 12, 15 years you thought they would never open God's opening them I'm going to tell you one, one quick story we just heard this week. We ran into a lady. We're doing a leadership class at the Holiday Inn in, in Beaumont. And Lindsay runs into the, the, she's, the receptionist is helping her. She didn't even know we were there, didn't even know really uh, who, what was going on. She runs the front desk at the hotel. We were in the, one of the conference rooms. And uh, suddenly she starts talking about how this pastor, uh, and I don't even know, my, people just talk to my wife. I don't, it's, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. But she starts telling how this pastor had gotten up on Christmas Eve this year. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, and he got up on Christmas Eve, and he, and he said, and he, and he said, he pointed right at me and said, you're going to have your best Christmas ever. She said, I, I wanted to believe it, but the next morning I was driving to my mother-in-law's house, and for 31 years my mother-in-law has despised me. It's a known thing. She's hated me for 31 years. And when I pulled up, she was waiting in the driveway with a Christmas present. It was for me. And she was so excited to give it to me. She never gives me good presents. She was so excited to give me this present. And when I opened it up, it was like an angel. She said, I collect angels. And it was an angel that she was so excited to give me. And she grabbed me and she looked at me. She says, I've hated you for 31 years because you took my baby boy. But what I realize is you've taken great care of him and you love him and he loves you. And I'm so sorry. I'm glad you're in this family. And she gave her a big hug. They're crying. They're weeping. She said, that pastor looked at me. He told me I was going to have the greatest Christmas ever. And the next day, what I've been dealing with for 31 years changed. Now we're best friends. When I stood in the pulpit and I said that, I didn't know the specific situation I was speaking to. I didn't know. I, she was, it was her first time in church. I had never seen her before. Didn't even know she was there. Didn't meet her until Wednesday night. But in that moment, God was speaking something into her. It wasn't about me. It, it, it was just about that, that something prophetic was released into her life. And, and I say that to encourage you. So, because I know as soon as I said it, some of you were like, no, it's been too long. No, you just get ready. I don't care if it's been 31 years. God's changing things and it starts right 
now. All right, now stand up on your feet with me. I apologize. I went eight minutes long. Please forgive me. I hope it's okay. But I want to pray over you. And, we're, and I just want you to get some faith built up right now. I want you to get some, um, some courage built up right now. I want you to get some commitment built up right now. I'm going to go do my part. I'm going to let God lead and he's going to take care of the rest. He's got big things. Father, I declare right now that every person in this room, every person watching online, every person listening to the podcast, you have a promised land already prepared for us. Lord, I am believing now that we're going to begin to see things that we couldn't see before. We're going to be able to envision things and dream about things. Lord, I'm praying for people who had given up right now and praying that you would instill them with courage for your, from your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I am asking you that as we do our part, as we grow, as we let you lead, as we fully obey you, as we eliminate idols, as we pay closer attention, Lord, I am believing that as we grow, you are driving out the enemies in front of us and things are changing. In the next 30 days, testimonies are going to start returning of the good things that you have done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands and rejoice in the Lord this morning. Amen. Amen. Prayer partners, if you would come, if you need prayer ministry this morning, if there's something, if there's been a, a, an enemy in front of you that you've been dealing with a long time, a promise that you've been looking for, hey, let us pray with you. If you need healing in your body, if you need anything in your life, God wants to touch you today. He cares about your needs. He's here today, and He wants to meet with you. These altars are going to be open. I want to bless you before you go. Is that okay? All right, just open up your hands like this if you would. I bless you in the name of the Lord. Be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going in and blessed going out. May the Lord bless all of your efforts with success and may you wear his favor as a shield protecting you from every attack of the enemy. Be blessed, blessed, blessed in all that you do. Amen. God bless you. I love you. These altars are open. Come, let us pray with you.